everyone. Welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor, board certified counselor, certified clinical trauma professional, and I'm joined again by my colleague and friend, Elisa Dobler, licensed clinical social worker. Hi everyone, I'm Beck. Yes, and today on the podcast, before we get started on today's horror stories and spooky stories in celebration of Halloween and the end of October, um, I want to remind you to go to our um, podcast page, Instagram.com slash through the eyes of the therapist. And also, please go to Patreon because I'm trying to get new equipment for the podcast. And um, even though it was just Amazon deal days and I got some cool stuff, your support is greatly appreciated. And you can do $3 a month, $4 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, and $15 a month if you really love me (laughs) or love Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. Um, You can join at any of those levels and there's perks at each level. Um, So go ahead and join at any of those levels if you feel compelled to do so. And again, thank you for your support through all through, wait, through all six seasons of Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. Wow, six seasons. Yeah. When you started the podcast, did you think you would have six seasons? You know, I knew I was in it for the long haul, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know that it was going to be like a series situation with yeah. seasons. Um, so, yeah, I I just didn't know it was going to be like this much work. <laughs> to be honest, it's a lot of work and a, a big commitment. So, yeah, yeah. But um, did you think you were going to be on a podcast? No. Well, maybe. I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot. I know you do. Um, yeah. So my brain's always working a little bit as far as, you know, if I if I were doing this, how would I do it or do it differently? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, no. I mean, I, it's been cool. It's been fun um, to sit here and chat, you know. I like that part. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. I think that, um, again, like, people really like, I think, our banter back and forth. And then, um, again, the Harry Potter episode, for some reason, always comes up a lot. Oh, really? Like, as one of our top episodes. Like, it creeps up to the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Isn't that weird? We should do an, uh, a different one, like um, another pop culture-esque episode at some point. We should think about it. Yeah, we should, definitely. But today's episode is going to be about therapist stories, spooky stories, and horror stories. So when we were asking the audience to um, submit their stories or horror stories or nonprofit horror stories, we are asking our therapist friends and listeners to talk to us about... Um, you know, specifically things that have happened to them in their careers that have been horrific (laughs) to them. And what was funny is that in some of the responses, they were kind of like, do you want actual horror stories? Like, like scary things that have happened to us? And I'm like, oh, that's an interesting spin. Like, yes. Do you want, like, scary things that have happened in buildings, like ghosts, ghosties? Yeah. Or do you want, like, like terrible things, like, from management and colleagues and coworkers and, like, ethical mishaps and stuff like that? And I'm like, well, I guess both. But the majority of stories that we got were things that have happened because of, like, nonprofit agencies being negligent and terrible to, to therapists. Right. So, um, I always told them, if I read your stories, they're going to be anonymous. Right. Um, please do not submit any identifying information about your employers or ex-employers at this point. Yeah. Um, and we will hopefully do your story justice 
by reading some of them out loud. Okay. And I'm, I'm already excited to hear these. Yeah, so you're going to get our reactions. <laughs> some people are asking, oh, they were like, how scary do you want these stories? I'm like, pretty scary. scary. All right, here we go. This one's a little long, um, but I think that this is it's pretty, it looks like it's intense. Here we go. I've worked at three nonprofits over the course of the last 12 years. The first one, I lasted two years and ended up on psychopharmacology medications to stay that long. One of my colleagues ended up on high blood pressure medication and another left after suffering a heart attack. Oh my gosh. Um, we were understaffed, under constant stress, and were often subjected to dangerous situations whilst being bullied by management. Are we surprised? I mean... I mean, I'm not surprised no. after working in a nonprofit myself. I totally get that. I filed a complaint with HR, who accused me of being racist, even though the children I served were predominantly black and brown. My supervisor would frequently walk in on my sessions when I would not answer my phone. Oh, during sessions? I guess that's what it sounds like. What on earth? She expected me to run a group of 15 kids with little support at night in a community riddled with community violence. I loved the children I worked with but could not sustain the toll it took on my mental health. I mean, 15 kids is a lot. That's a lot, yeah. But um, why would you have kids at night? I don't know. I mean, like, ugh. Okay, well, she's saying that the community was riddled with community violence. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to look at it systemically, I guess. Maybe there's... That's the only access they had. Maybe, but think but, about getting there, though, if it's a dangerous area. Yeah. Right? Getting there and going back home at night. Right. That's hard. I left that job for another, <laughs> okay, in which I was bullied by my supervisor, LCSW, and the director, psychiatrist. Okay, so she's providing context for us. Most clinicians were gone within a year. That's high turnover. Which is, I think I've heard that, like, turnover within, not, like, mental health jobs is, like, about a year and a half on average. Yeah. Have you heard that, too? Um, actually, well, I didn't know specific, um, how, specifically the, how long it took on average, but it sounds about right. Yeah. I lasted six and a half years. Okay, so, like, a lot longer. Longer than most people who were gone within that year okay so and that is only because i got to work from home the last few years because of covid the director screamed slammed doors and berated clinicians for years how does somebody get away with that behavior she got away with it oh, because she helped bring in millions of dollars so we could provide free services for impoverished underserved children with complex complex ptsd we did really difficult work under psychologically unsafe conditions. By the time I left, I was on medication to sleep and two meds to help me cope with my day. Many colleagues left because of the toll it had on their mental health. Some developed crippling anxiety and it took years to recover from the abuse. That's a lot. I mean, she brought in millions of dollars. So it was like a political decision to keep that person there. Yeah. She got yeah. away with a lot of abusive well, behavior. And nonprofits are always needing a lot of funding, right, to keep to keep them running. So that was clearly their priority was just bringing the funding, you know. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of the nonprofit industrial complex. I mean, because they're still businesses. Yeah. With, like, private practice versus nonprofit, the only difference is their labeling. Right. They're still a business. Okay, so I've been away from said toxic environments for 14 months. I still have healing to do, but I'm happy to report that I now work for a nonprofit that treats me with respect, dignity, and values me. I still do really tough work, but I'm always supported and can rely on my supervisor for support. She makes me want to do good work. I am proud to be a part of her team. Oh, well, good for you. It ended on a good note. Yeah. Yay. I'm glad, yeah, yay. <laughs> so nice. I mean, having a good supervisor, I think, is a really important. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
you need a you need a, so much support when you're doing that kind of work. You know, heavy work like that. Definitely. Um, so it's good that you have a good supervisor and that they value you. You know, and they would. Let's face it. The turnover is the most expensive part of nonprofits. Exactly. Right? Because if they didn't have that high turnover, it would save so much money. But instead, they. Um, give people way too many clients, burn them out, and then keep having to bring in new people. Right, exactly. They keep having to spend all this money to retrain those people on the things they want them trained in, and that costs so much money. But if they had good leadership, good supervisors, um, supportive people who know what's going on, and, you know, are just part of the team, so to speak, um, it would be so much better. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> I don't even have to, like, paraphrase or nothing what you said. Man, that was great. Um, here's another one. Are we ready? Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Can I do spooky voice? If you want, go for it. You're like, I guess. <laughs> All right. My third day on the job. Just kidding. I should get a flashlight and put it up to my chin. Uh, My third day on the job as a program director for my dream job in all caps. They said there was no money to make payroll. Oh my god. God. (laughs) Wow. So you're on day three of your job and you've just been told that there's no money. You're not going to get paid. Nobody's getting paid. She says, why did they hire me? (laughs) That's a good question. Good question. Maybe they were hoping you would have the miracle solution. Okay. We managed to scrape by, and I stayed for nine months while I built my practice on the side. A good instinct. Yes. The job was losing staff, and we weren't replacing them because of dollar sign. Didn't make repairs to the home. Was a group home for women in recovery from drugs and sex exploitation. Offered minimal things. It was so stressful. Also, first two weeks on the job, there was violence between residents and repeatedly broke up fights of grown women handled police calls. Towards the end, had to go to the house after hours due to two clients drunk and had to drop them off in the middle of a dangerous city area to make them homeless due to broken house sobriety rules. Oh, that's hard. It was after midnight and I was alone and my boss couldn't answer her phone because she was on vacation. And I didn't want to wake her sleeping kid. Oh, and she didn't want to wake her sleeping kid to talk to me. What on earth? Okay. (laughs) I shared my location. I'm laughing because that's uncomfortable. I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing because I'm like stressed for this woman. Or man. I I don't know who. Lady, just step out of your hotel room for a second. Right? Like, you're a supervisor. Like, I don't... This person already has low support. The program has low support. Yeah. But also, she's burned out, I guess. What if your employee goes missing? Just, like, It's talk a safety issue. It's a safety issue at this God. point. I shared my location with my husband and was scared the whole time. Yep, it was crazy. I also worked for a school district, but that's not a nonprofit, so I won't tell about how I sent 15 kids in two weeks for suicidal ideation evaluations and discovered a plan to carry out a school shooting... All in the same two weeks. Oh my goodness. Emoji with tongue face sticking out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. See, like, stories like this just... (laughs) I'm, like, stretching my face out because... With my hands. Um, How do... This is a good example of, like, how we're exposed to like wild things and then like we have low support and low resources to do our jobs and we end up with trauma or we end up with like burnout or vicarious trauma compassion fatigue right and then management's like oh i'm not gonna answer my phone because i'm on vacation or like my kids asleep or like whoever even upper upper management is like pulling bs you know like I don't know what you think of the situation. Can you tell me a little bit what you're thinking? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking the same thing you're thinking. I don't understand. Like, I, I get it. You know, I'm all for turning your phone off when you're on vacation. But this 
clearly there's nobody else. There's nobody else. If you're leaving and there's nobody else, you're going to probably have to answer your phone. You know, and that's why you need more than just, like, one or two people there who can... You know what I mean? Like, I don't... I don't know the situation, why there's only this one person having to do these tasks, right? But uh, is this the same one where the money was running out? Is this a different one? It's a different person. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, it's because they have no money. It's because they have no money. Well, clearly, I mean, they probably are very short-staffed. No, yeah, it is the same one. It is the same one. Yeah, where they ran out of money on the third day. Well, this is why they have no staff, because they're not replacing them, right, as they're quitting. Right. And so you're down to probably just these people and they're in dangerous situations now, right? And so honestly, they should have just shut the doors if they had no money because now it's getting dangerous for the people that are living there, the clients being served, so to speak, right? The staff and everybody else. That's horrific. But I, you know, oh, God. (laughs) I feel like... (laughs) You're just like, God. Yeah, I know. I feel like we are put in dangerous situations, though. All the, I don't even mean specifically as a therapist, but if you work for any other place here in town as well, there are dangerous situations like we have been in, you know. Um, like, there's places that don't they don't have any security whatsoever, and, and, and they're walking... Um, 24-7, you know. Like crisis centers crisis or... place. And their their mentality is we don't want to um, scare people away by having security, but you're putting your employees in danger. Right. It's safety issues safe. for the employees. Yeah. Hazard pay, dude. And then yes. clearly they can't pay her hazard pay because on the right. third day they freaking ran out of money. Right. What the heck? <laughs> oh my God. Well, and if this is why there is nobody because they're not able to replace the employees that are quitting right and so and obviously people are going to leave if you don't pay them obviously right next story yes all right i'm ready this next story comes into us from another therapist listener <laughs> okay another non-profit horror story <laughs> <laughs> all right it says Anonymous says, I worked at a therapeutic day school that used holds. They hired two guys as classroom aides that quickly teamed up and began to call themselves Batman and Robin. Oh gosh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) These two guys took a violent vigilante approach to discipline. Hold on a sec, should we explain what holds are? Okay, yes. So, because people may not know what it means when they say that where we used holds. True. You can't use really, you can't, you're not really allowed to use holds in a lot of places. Most places you can't use holds. Mm-hmm. So this was a, I guess a school where they had um, like a intervention classroom type classroom. Probably. Um, and holds are just ways to restrain kids or people you can use holds with adults as well, but has to be a very specialized setting. Yes, like a residential treatment center or like a mental health hospital or something like that where people could get aggressive or there's like a safety issue involved. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm laughing. I just want to clarify. I'm laughing at the Batman and Robin thing and how weird that is. Yeah, that is weird. Not laughing at the hold situation. No, no. Because typically those are not ideal situations to be in for either the worker or the patient. Right, yeah. Nobody, I don't want to restrain anybody. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, okay, read that last sentence again. Okay, so the two guys as classroom aides teamed up and began to call themselves Batman and Robin. These two guys took a violent vigilante approach to discipline at the school. On their public social media, they would talk shit about clients using first names. They would say things like, that punk Johnny is going down tomorrow, and sure enough, Johnny would have a crisis, quote-unquote, and... The next day, it required a hold. Kids started to get injured from the way the two guys were using oh, the holds. No. 
we had numerous rug burns including on faces bruises oh my god okay this is this is seriously a, a horror yes, story an actual horror story. yeah this is a horror story at least one kid got a radial fracture on his arm oh my god from being twisted behind his back not kosher according to the training for holds of course not you never in holds when you're properly trained um the first they train you in like verbal de-escalation right then it typically is supposed to be a non-violent de-escalation i mean these are grown men they're not supposed to be going to town on kids exactly this isn't wrestling no of no oh my god this is bad and then the fact that they were in like cahoots. Yeah. So clearly they enjoyed what what they were doing. Like I'm putting enjoyed in quotation marks. You don't enjoy restraining people. Yeah, absolutely not. Um I'm hoping this is reported. Let's see where this goes. So um I started screenshotting the social media posts. They're posting on social media Jesus Christ. Okay, so Yeah, they were posting about who was gonna get it the next day. And documenting overly aggressive holds and reporting... Oh, okay. Okay, so she started reporting... Okay, so she screenshotted the social media posts and documenting the overly aggressive hold and reporting the visible injuries to DCFS. Okay, good. Good. Uh, got called in to program director's office and reprimanded for reporting. What on She earth? got reprimanded for reporting? Wait. Meanwhile, Batman and Robin began to get Employee of the Month awards. That's unbelievable. <sighs> oh. No. Oh they got rewarded that back and forth for about four months until one of my reports against back Robin against Robin came back founded by DCFS and they had to fire him. In the midst of this, Batman started a rumor that he and I had slept together. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I was reporting these things because I was jilted. I was a jilted lover of his. Good god. Oh, he wishes. I cannot emphasize how long the pole would need to be for me to touch him with. Seriously. Oh that, But that's also sexual harassment. Yeah, sure, 100%. Oh my god, I would have reported him for that too. Within the month, I was demoted to part-time, supposedly because the census was down, but instead they were overloading the other therapists with new intakes and giving me none. <gasps> That's retaliation. Yeah. Oh, dude, no, I hope she reported that. But I understand if she didn't because... I mean, it's already such a hostile It's a hostile work environment. you don't want to be in. It's kind of like, I don't want to deal with this. So I get it. Um, <sighs> I quit to open my private practice at that time. Later, found out that Robin and our executive vice president had actually been sleeping together. And the executive vice president was married. <gasps> oh my God. I would not believe any part of my story if I hadn't lived through it. <laughs> so crazy. Oh, and side note, PS. Oh, and a therapist at the residential facility that was on the same campus as the day school transported a 14-year-old um, to her home and committed statutory grapes. Oh my god. She was caught and did several years in prison for this. I had group supervision with this person and had always concerns about her professionalism but was told by the supervisor, she's just a fun therapist. The boys really love her. Oh my god. This is all kinds of illegal. So much. So this whole. Yeah, hopefully they um, all eventually got fired and hopefully the writer moved on to better things in private practice. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? I, I am regulating right now with some breathing, but like, wow, that's really sad. Do you want to tell one of your spooky stories in between here while we um, pick another sure, yeah. one from the writer, the listeners, or? I was just, well, I was thinking spooky more, you know, more literally, like, in a Halloween-type sense. Like, actually haunted paranormal yes. spooky? Oh, okay, I'm ready. But I think that, um, I think you were on maternity leave, actually, when this happened, but, um. We worked at the same nonprofit. Yes. Okay. And you, I don't think you, I don't remember you being there, but maybe you were. 
I, there was just um the layout was just one big long hallway right entrance at the front and then uh, a back entrance that was supposed to always be pretty much locked um, but there was a knock at that back door that goes into an alleyway where we I guess we share doors with other businesses back doors we share that back alley and there's just like a knock and my office was fur furthest from um, the entrance so it was the closest door to that back alley and I heard a knock and I just stuck my because I it was in between clients and I just stuck my head out kind of like who's knocking what is that and then I have trouble um, kind of hearing the direction that noises come from so I wasn't a hundred percent sure but I thought it sounded like the back door because that was like a metal type door heavier door and so I go to the front I'm like I think someone's knocking on the back <laughs> and everyone's like oh my god don't open it <laughs> everyone's freaking out and then they knock again and they say something but we can't really understand what they're saying so I'm just I kind of go to the back door and I'm like go to the front door <laughs> uh, I just kind of tell them we can't open this door go around to the front but it was some man knocking I think my theory is that he had the wrong door it was trying to he had probably walked out one of the businesses to the back and was trying to get back in Oh, like this they got locked out kind of thing. Yeah, but it was a man. It was all. It was late in the day. You know, it was all spooky. Um, <laughs> he was shouting something. We couldn't make out. Everyone was like, "Don't open it." <laughs> oh no! And then everybody was like getting all. Yeah, nobody wanted to go it. back. <laughs> Everyone was getting scared about it. But, um, you know, sometimes there would be strange things uh, happening there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a spooky story. Go for it. At a, from a nonprofit that I worked at many years ago, like in 2012. Um, I worked in a basement of a building, and um, people would say that they're like there were ghosts in that building because the building was really old from like nine it was built in 1913 and it was located in the downtown area of el paso el paso is like a really historical place um and yeah just like a lot of stuff has happened here <laughs> um so there's even like ghost hunting stuff going on right now right like in october and all these things i would never do it but I'm such a chicken, I swear. We should, we should go. No. We should do an episode. No, I'm not going to do no damn episode of ghost hunt. No. Come on. Elisa. <laughs> Absolutely you, viewers not. Viewers and listeners, if you would like us to go on a ghost hunting no, tour, just, dude. please write in and tell Crystal how much you would enjoy that. And I'll, I'm funny. totally down. I'm going to cry. <laughs> to give me Xanax. I'm not even enjoying it. Um, anyways, back to my story. Um, no, like, there was, so we had the basement offices, right? And so, we all kind of shared an office. And so, people were like, when we all had meetings and stuff, they were on the, the floor where there were, like, windows and where everybody would walk in through, right? Um, and so one time there was, like, a, like an, all, like an all-staff meeting with all the kids and everybody. And then people didn't want to go down there like by themselves like it was just a thing you didn't do nobody I, wants to go nobody like, wants to go to the basement nobody wants to go down to the basement by themselves yeah and I was kind of like new and I'm like ah, whatever like I don't care like I'm not gonna I'm not afraid um and I'm like <laughs> so they're like let's just send the new girl for the thing that we need or whatever so I think like somebody forgot a folder or something and then I'm like I'm not scared I'll go get it they're like, eh. like everybody just looks at me, right? Like, are you sure you want to go? Or I don't remember what the heck, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go, right? And then I also want like brownie points <laughs> for going, right? Because I'm like the new girl, and I'm, I don't remember if I was very liked. I probably wasn't. Um, and <laughs> so I go down, and I'm like talking to whatever it is down there. I'm like, I'm friendly, okay? Like, there's nobody down there. It's quiet, and um. 
I'm thinking there's nobody down there. So I'm talking out loud to whatever this being is that supposedly moves things or turns lights off and on and whatever. What are you saying? I'm saying things like, I'm friendly. Like, don't, please don't mess with me. Like, I'm an ally of yours. Like, I'm just saying weird stuff. Like, like don't mess with me. So like, don't were, scare you me. So you were like, mocking it? No, I wasn't oh, mocking okay, it. Okay. No, I wasn't, like, come at me, bitch. Like, I wasn't, like, doing <laughs> stuff like that. I was, like, you know, I'm a friendly person. Like, I want to be your friend. Like, let's be best friends because my office is down here. You know, like, look out for me if there's anything bad down here. Like, protect me. Like, <laughs> kind of thing. Um... And then I heard something, and then I'm like, no fucking way. Like, I was like, <laughs> so and then I start, like, hurrying up to go to, like, the office that I need to to get the thing I need. <laughs> and it's like, so then I go, I'm like, okay, oh my god, oh my god. So then I start, like, getting stuff, and then I, like, go towards the elevator and the stairs that are next to each other. And I'm like, okay, absolutely not, I'm taking, I'm not taking the elevator. So then I start, quote, like, going towards the staircase. And one of the custodians comes around the corner, like, as I'm going towards the staircase. I didn't know he was down there. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, it scared me because we had just, and then he's like, que pasa, que pasa, and then I'm like, nada, nada, and he's like, no sabias que estaba, like, he was telling me, like, you didn't know I was down here, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and he's like, te asustaste, and I'm like, yes, and then he was like laughing, because he's like, yeah, there's like ghosts down here, like telling me stuff, and I'm like, I didn't know you were down here, and he's like, pues, escuché algo, que alguien estaba hablando, or like whatever, like somebody was talking, yes, that was you, probably. and I'm like, yes, that was me, <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, he understood what I was doing, but I was like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Because also I was new, and he's that was like one of our first interactions. So it became a thing. That's funny. <laughs> what is it with workplaces here immediately telling you something's haunted? That happened to me too. Yeah, like, yes. oh, this place is haunted. Yes, yeah. at the local mental health place, everyone was like, Sally, or I don't remember her name, is always on the second floor. And like immediately, it. yeah. It ha it, she has a name and everything. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? Yeah, I don't remember if ours had a name or if it was like several. I don't know, but yeah, maybe it's like a, just I, a human. I don't know that. Or maybe it's cultural. I think it's more cultural. Yeah. But well, Pascal's like warn freaking you about haunted. The ghostesses. The ghostesses. <laughs> I call them ghosties. I like to call them ghostesses. That's funny. That's <laughs> great. Um, oh, goodness. All right, so let's get back to these. Yes, do it. Do it. Spooky stories that are not paranormal from their right. other therapists, yes? All right, from Anonymous. 30 plus years ago, oh, okay. 30 plus years ago, I worked for an agency for five months that had a contract with DCFS in a major city. By that time, I had just finished a gig for seven to eight years, seven to eight years, um, working with kids, um, screening for psychiatric inpatient for uninsured, uh, in public aid, um, and also three months of intensive home-based treatment. That mental health program was called SAS, and I came on board when it was a pilot program and became essential in the world of mental health and children. That was my first real job after college and I loved it, but a little burnt out. So I wanted something a little different and decided to try child welfare. I got the job specifically because it was close to a well-known housing project and I knew that I was going to be busy. At that time, I was a badass. The previous job taught me well. I was used to a fast-paced job and I was up for a challenge. Uh, took all of my required training needed in child welfare and started unusually slow but figured out this is how it is in child welfare ha 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> during this time the families in this particular housing project were slowly being ev evicted as gentrification was happening but there were still a few hundred families there and I was getting only a few referrals and would attend the most lavish meetings ever it all didn't make sense, but figured that's how it's done here. Then one day, 
I get a call from an intact DCFS worker who I had collaborated with on a previous case. She wanted to refer two cases but wasn't sure if that was okay because she was sure I was slammed with clients due to my mental health experience, the geographical location of my office, and oh yeah, the contract itself with DCFS. Referrals were typically made to the supervisor, so I told her I would have to ask the supervisor if it was okay. I may have said something like, I hope I can, I want to be busy. Long story short, it turned out somebody was doing something shady. Of course, right? Oh no. Of course. DCFS did an investigation and shut the place down. The executive director had a meeting with folks and apologized as she had no idea. This, she specifically came to me apologizing profusely that the program director went off on me because she had just bought a house. True story. Afterwards, I still wanted a taste of child welfare, did just two years with a POS for DCFS and ran back to mental health. Oh my god. Wait, okay, I got a little confused here. Okay. So she wasn't busy. Why? Because somebody was doing something shady, I think, with the funds. They were being mismanaged. And that call is what, like, uncovered everything? Maybe. Because she was kind of like... I want to be busy. Yeah. And she, the person was assuming, like, you must be slammed. Yeah. And meanwhile, nothing. And meanwhile, nothing. She's just, like, twiddling her thumbs, I guess. Oh, my gosh. It's kind of weird. That's weird. Hmm. Huh. Misappropriation. The, which is not unheard of. No. With... No. Nonprofits. <laughs> um, let's do another one. From Anonymous. Sure. My internship was a burnout factory. Whose internship is not a burnout factory? Just kidding. I don't know (laughs) if it's not. Mine wasn't. No, mine wasn't either. Um, But I've heard bad things about other internship sites. Therapists have caseloads of 200 plus. Oh my god. 200? How? I don't know how. And took briefcases full of paperwork home. How? You can't. That's like, isn't that a breach of confidentiality? Has to be like triple locked, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, this must have been in the days before EHR, but, you know, people did wild things back then. It says everything was handwritten. This was in 2006. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was an unpaid intern doing 16 hours a week. They decided I needed productivity requirements. As an intern? Well, you as an intern, you already have requirements by your college yeah or by the board or whoever you're interning for so that's weird i had to do a certain number of intakes even though i was only there two days a week and scheduled one to two per day and had no control over whether they showed up true i had to run a group and had a quota for individual counseling quotas already as an intern that's wild The number of client hours they wanted in a week was more than 16. I literally had to sit down with the executive director and show him the math on paper. You can't do, how are you gonna do 16 in a group? Because 16 is gonna be, well, it depends on, but if you're a social work intern, you're there two days a week in eight hour days, and that's 16. Right, so they wanted more than 16 in a week. Yeah. That's just not. That doesn't, the math ain't mathin'. Yeah, no, not at all. And to reiterate, I'm all stressed. And to reiterate, this was an unpaid internship. Yeah, they're not paid. Yeah, of course not. And nobody ever could tell me exactly what would happen if I didn't make productivity. True, because what are they going to do? I mean, they can't really do anything, honestly. And then what are they going to do? Get they rid can of give you a poor evaluation, I suppose poor you know but you could show the math and and they wanted me double booking clients as an intern that agency does not exist anymore surprise that was their words not mine yeah dang okay one more okay okay when I was at one place 
there was a psychiatrist, this place had many psychiatrists, who was doing a clinical drug trial. Why does this sound bad already? I'm not even sure. Um, and had many clinic drug trials going on, and my supervisor had me work with a client who had a history of violence, but nothing in the past year, and the client did well with women clinicians. I did work with the client, and we got along great, and they were making progress. My supervisor asked me what I thought the diagnosis was, and I said what I thought it was. My supervisor said, good, we agreed. So my supervisor went to the psychiatrist who wanted our client in their trial and told them that neither of us thought our client fit the criteria. The supervisor fought tooth and nail to keep our client from being included, but the trial was big money for our place and our client was included. Not sure why the psychiatrist was insistent on this particular client. Sadly, the, the medication made our client so very much worse. They became uncontrollably violent and were put on a chemical restraint medication on the inpatient floor when we transferred to a higher level of custodial care. Ugh. Absolutely broke my heart. This is the same psychiatrist who would tweak their patient's medication. They only had a few clients so that the clients ended up inpatient while the psychiatrist was on vacation or at a conference. What on earth? That's wild. Why? Why would you do that? That's so sad. That's like disgusting. Yeah. Never understood why they did that since there were plenty of clinicians who could take care of the clients. This psychiatrist did have an ego as big as Jupiter. Dude, come on. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think it's bad. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, really, that's so horrible. Like, you really don't be in a helping profession then. Right. Just don't do that. Go do some something where you don't have to deal with people. Because clearly this person doesn't like people. <laughs> Yeah, or was, yeah, doing it for the money and the vacations and whatever. Yeah. Do you have any more horror stories you want to share? Well, okay. Um, there's a local uh, Italian restaurant in town that, that advertises sometimes um, haunted um, evenings because they're well known to be haunted. Um, they, um, one of those documentary places came here. Um, one of those paranormal documentary places came uh -huh. and they did a whole episode on them so this is not like I'm not making it up they advertise themselves as being haunted I'm just making that face because I don't want I don't want to go <laughs> well you don't have to go I've already gone and so we went on an evening where it was like a whole package we I went with friends it was like you get the meal you get food right because it's a restaurant and then you get to watch the documentary that was filmed there and then the staff would do, like, Q&A afterwards. Oh. It's pretty cool. That is cool. There were people sitting behind us, though. We were sitting at a regular table, like a regular height table. Just mm -hmm. a regular. They were sitting at, you know, those bar tables that are higher. Um, and we, we could, they were pretty loud, so we could hear what they were saying. And this was before everything started. They were like, you know, oh, I want to see the ghosts. And... Blah, 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 and then they started kind of mocking the ghosts a little bit, like, oh, I bet, you know, like, oh, this is dumb, there's not really any ghosts here. I don't know what they were saying, but they, the tone started taking on a little bit of, like, mocking the ghosts. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so they turned the lights off to start the, the, um, the show, right, because we were going to watch the documentary that was done in this restaurant. So they turned the lights off and they start the documentary. And then behind us, we just hear one of the girls that was mocking the ghost completely fall off her stool. Like, she just fell off. Like, randomly fell off. She just fell off. And we were like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? Like, are they there? making a scene? Yeah, like, like, what's going on? What's going on? Dude, <gasps> she looked totally freaked out. She got cash from, she got cash from her purse. She threw it on the table and she ran out. She's like, what this? <laughs> so I don't know. This is why I personally, um, I always say, I don't know if there are ghosts, if there aren't. I don't know. It's possible. 
I personally have never seen any, but that doesn't mean anything. But I don't mock the ghost just in case. No, you don't do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe in mocking the ghost just in case, right? Yeah, just in case. <laughs> so I don't know if they, like, flung her. I don't know I bet if they, they did. They were like, oh, yeah, bitch, watch this. And they were like, boom. <laughs> she ran out of there so fast. She's yeah. so freaked out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the rest of the evening passed without incident, but... I guess the ghost was mad at that person. <laughs> was he? Just kidding. If you're watching, well, mm. <laughs> I got what you deserve. Just kidding. Yeah. That's so, wild. like, referencing the story earlier yes, about how I was talking to the ghosties at my old job, they never bothered me. We made friends. We there were at go. peace. It yeah. was fine. Did you ever see anything? No. Yeah. I never saw nothing. And I was always yeah. okay with going downstairs. And yeah. I would talk to them <laughs> <laughs> by myself. And if there was ever anybody there, I guess I didn't really care. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was just fine. But other people would encounter weird stuff. They were like, oh, my God. And I'm like, nah, I don't believe you. I, we would make fun of them or whatever. <laughs> but, like, it was just like, I don't know. Nothing ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I've never, I've, never, I've never seen or really heard anything. There was one time where I really did see, a, like, a ghosty. Like, it doesn't make it sound serious, right, when I say <laughs> it like that. But I think I told you this story once. In downtown El Paso, I was at, I was young, younger, in my early 20s, like, doing the bar hopping thing, right? And, like, um, I was with my best friend at the time. We were walking from one bar to another, and you know how there's, like, alleyways? Yeah. Like, okay, so we're walking, and both her and I turned at the same time to the left, and we both looked at an alleyway, because we were walking from one bar to another, and there was an alleyway separating it. And there was, like, these old buildings, right? Like, made of brick or whatever. And there's kind of, like, a, a lamppost, and then you, like, look in between the alleyway, and in between the alleyway was this, like, Go for sure it was a ghost because because when we looked again we did a double take the both of us at the same time we both saw the same thing <laughs> because we're it freaked it was a weird feeling like I had never felt anything like that before it was like chills but like I was scared but not not like oh shit I mean like run it was just like what like what did I see like shock almost I don't know yeah. how to describe it but anyways. We saw the same thing because we looked at each other and then we were like, did you see that? And then we turned around again and then it was gone. But it was like a sepia tone. Hmm. Like, you know, you look at those sepia tone yeah. pictures. It was in a sepia tone and it was like one of those guys with those like sombrero looking yeah. things and those like um, bullets that are like that, like in an X. Yes. And like a mustache situation, like Pancho Villa looking yeah. like that. That's what he looked like. Yeah. It was weird. I'll like never a, forget what it looked like. A revolucion. Yeah, like a, a lo- revolucion looking guy. Oh. It was weird. <laughs> it was, and he was huge. He was tall. He must have been like six feet tall. Oh. Sepia tone looking like that. And then we smoky looking. And then like, we both, and then we're like, what? And then we looked at each other. We're like, oh, shit like what and then we look back we're like no way and it wasn't Halloween or anything weird it yeah. was just like a normal day I'm telling you so weird it was so weird so I don't know after that I was like okay for sure that's like real cause like come on <laughs> is that why you don't want to go see the ghost sister? yeah why? but you never saw it again I also don't like scary movies. It's just the intensity. Like, it's not good for my like nervous system. I like scared for a little bit. No. I don't like jump... Dude, fun. jump scares are the worst. Well, I mean, I, jump scares aren't that fun. But I don't like really violent movies. But I like it where uh, they're messing with your mind a little bit. Because what I imagine is way scarier than what they can put on the screen. So I'd rather they just, like, <laughs> hint. <laughs> I'd rather they just hint scariness then show you everything you know yeah yeah um i watched what is it called the one where they're quiet what is it 
Quiet Place or the one where they have to be like completely quiet. Oh yeah, quiet. yeah, yeah. Is that what it's called? The quiet Place, yeah. That shit like messes with me. I, oh god. I wanted to vomit the whole time. I can't. It's that one? Intense. Yeah. That was intense. No, it was intense. I was it like, was intense, but. I can't. But I couldn't look away. I was like, I have to know how this ends. But it was Chicken like, movie. Yeah, it was good. But I was like, <laughs> the whole time I just wanted to throw up. I was mad. I can't. Um, all right. Well, again, thank you so much, Elisa, for joining us on this spooky October episode of Therapist Horror Stories. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. You're welcome. Let's do it again. Downtown, downtown uh, ghost hunt. I'm not going to do a ghost hunt. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> um, if you have not gone to my TikTok page, please go to Crystal Acosta or Through the Eyes, E-Y-Z, of a therapist, and follow me there. Um, I'm only like 250 people away from 1,000, so that way I can go live on TikTok. And then um, if you're not on my Instagram page, that's where we get all our submissions for future episodes so please go to at through the eyes of the therapist and if you want to contribute to the podcast please go to patreon patreon.com slash therapist crystal therapist c-r-i-s-t-a-l and subscribe for only i think two or three dollars a month and that will help us get new equipment <laughs> anyway I hope to see you all soon. Oh yeah, and if you need CEUs, ClarityElPaso.com, we have one on there for like $10, and you can get $5 off with the promo code. Look out for the promo code in the description below, under the podcast link. And yeah, we will see you all soon uh, at the next episode and or on Instagram and or on TikTok or on the website www.clarityalpaso.com thanks for joining us today everyone and thanks for listening to through the eyes of a therapist podcast i'm crystal martinez acosta talk to you next time thank you elisa bye everyone <laughs>